Welcome to Mortgage Markets and More. I'm your host, Peter D'Angelo. I hope you're doing well at the end of the last week of January and first week of February. I know January felt like a very long month, so I'm sure we all were very glad when we saw that calendar flip over to February. We made it through. Uh, for those of you who were observing dry January, welcome. I hope you now get to enjoy. Um, but for us today, we're going to be talking about real estate. However, we're going to supplement quite a bit about some other things that have been happening with the economy that are certainly going to affect real estate. We did a data dump last week looking at December National Association of Realtors information about home sales. So I thought it only appropriate to spend a little bit of time talking about what's topical for real estate and then spend some more time talking about some of the things that are certainly going to affect real estate as we move forward. Real estate. Right now, it is an extremely competitive environment. We still have a very low amount of inventory, though we're seeing some progress. And I'm speaking more to my experience in the market here in North Jersey and surrounding markets. There's more inventory that is coming online. However, nowhere near what the demand is because there is such high demand for housing currently. A lot of prospective home buyers, people who are thinking about selling, but the rates are stopping them from taking that next step to listing their home. However, we are still averaging in the 6% range, and that's creating more affordability, which is certainly helping people to make their decision to list and helping people to start looking more seriously at buying their first home or buying their next home. All that being said, the interest rate environment could be a little more volatile as we move forward. The Fed met this past week, and again, they held their interest rates at where they've been for the past four meetings. So they're holding out to wait for more meaningful progress on inflation. Which brings me to my next point. There's a number of different inflation indicators. On Monday, we talked about the PCE, the Personal Consumption Expenditure. That's the Fed's preferred gauge for inflation. And it weights certain things differently and in the Fed's opinion gives a better look at inflation. Think of it this way. You've got large swaths of data, right? Data about how much the cost is for things like housing, energy, um, insurance costs, Medicare costs, at the grocery store, all of that. Everyone's not buying those things at all times. So the Fed's PCE weights things in a way that gives you a indication that they think is the closest to the truth of what actual inflation is. Again, inflation is a metric year over year. If prices were high a year ago, we're seeing the growth from those high prices. So you may not see relief when it comes to going to the grocery store or getting gas because it's still on an annualized basis where we're looking back. There are other different gauges of inflation. We talked on Monday about the consumer price index, CPI. That's hotter. And then the CPI gets broken down where it starts to remove things like volatile commodities and goods like energy and some service industries. They get X food and energy means food and energy costs are removed from the calculus. And now that's what you see for the inflation gauge that the CPI provides. In addition to that, you have a number of different things. So if you're reading the news and you're saying, wait a minute, I just heard that inflation was here, but this is reporting inflation at this amount. All of these gauges are not created equally because the data gets interpreted differently. For example, today, the Atlanta Fed has their inflation gauge, which actually weighs more heavily in the housing sector, Medicare, 
medic- medical care services, rather, insurance costs. And for example, their December reading on inflation was 4.6%. That's radically different than 2.9 through the PCE that we looked at that the Fed uses as their inflation gauge. So all these things are not created equally. They do interpret the data differently. The Fed's holding out the rates. They need to see their inflation gauge reach closer to 2% before they start cutting interest rates. Cutting interest rates is stimulating to the economy, and the economy is still doing very well. As of recording of this, we have our jobs numbers for January, and that is a very important data point that the Fed looks at to see how inflation's going. So we're just going to run through some of the information. This is going to be a data dump, and then we'll talk about it in a little bit more detail and how this matters to you as a prospective home buyer or as a real estate agent or an attorney. The U.S. economy added 353,000 jobs in January, which surpassed the Dow Jones estimate of 185,000. That's a smashing through the estimate. Uh, The unemployment rate remains steady at 3.7%. For some additional color there, it's been said in the past that Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, has mentioned seeing unemployment reach somewhere around 3.9% would very likely create the uh, relief in inflation that they would expect to see. Average hourly earnings increased by 0.6%, which is twice the monthly estimate, and wages jumped 4.5% year over year, which also broke through the forecast of 4.1. That means people are being paid 4.5% more on average, and they were expecting 4.1%. Higher wage growth is more of an indication of an inflationary environment. Job growth was widespread across a number of different sectors, including professional and business services, which added 74,000, healthcare, 70,000, retail trade, 45,000, and government, 36,000. The strong job gains, along with a faster-than-expected wage growth, indicate the solid state of the job market, and this may influence the Fed's decision to cut rates. The report also revised December's job gains to 333,000, which is an increase of 117,000 from the initial estimate. So we did have a cooler job number. That definitely helped the Fed when they were very soft with their language in December when they made their interest rate decision, which was to hold. And that created the environment that gave us a lower rate environment for a little bit. The positive jobs report like I said, is going to impact the Fed. However, the futures market now indicate an 80% chance that the Fed does not cut its interest rate. So as I mentioned on Monday, top of January, we saw an expectation of maybe 80% likelihood of a rate cut by March, and that dwindled down to 50% into the second week, third week, and now we're at a point where after the Fed spoke on Wednesday, we're not going to be seeing an interest rate cut very likely. It's almost not even in the realm of possibility anymore at a 20% chance. The stocks had their mixed reactions, so the Dow Jones dropped and the S&P and NASDAQ remained positive, so there's going to be more volatility. The volatility in the stock market is going to translate to volatility in the bond market, which is what drives mortgage interest rates. So that's something to be considerate of. I'm still feeling very confident in my assessment from earlier this week that we could see mortgage interest rates start to tick up a little bit. I know they are today, and we'll probably see that play out more over the next couple of weeks. 
despite the concerns about inflation, recent data shows that inflation is moving in the right direction, which to the core, as I mentioned, is at 2.9 and various other inflation gauges, uh, including the Fed, is still trying to reach its 2% goal. We can take a look at all this and really get a good understanding that we're not there yet. We're still a work in progress as far as inflation coming down. This is supposed to be about real estate. Why are we talking about all of this? All of these things affect buying power in the real estate market. And that's going to change competition. I can say categorically for anything that's being listed right now that is halfway decent, there's a ton of offers. We're also seeing some strategies implemented on the real estate side with listing agents having a much lower list price that garners a lot more attention across multiple price point brackets. If you get pre-approved and you're ready to buy a home, you establish a budget. You would establish how much you are going to be comfortable with either through your qualification or your personal budget, how much you're going to be comfortable with paying every month, and that's going to inform the maximum buying power that you have. And then you're going to talk to your real estate agent and tell them, this is my max. Given that there's competition in the market, I need to be shopping at list prices of X amount. And it ranges. It depends on the markets that you're buying in. And also every home is unique. But by and large, this is how this goes. Well, when you have a property that's listed lower, you start to garner attention from people that have a max here and then maybe a max here. And then before you know it, you got 15 to 20 offers and the seller's are still getting to have their pick uh, of the litter when it comes to the offers that are being presented. So it's very competitive right now. I've said it before and I'll say it on every podcast. Preparation is key. Making sure you're prepared, committed, and ready to move. That's going to give you your best likelihood of success. As this is getting competitive, obviously the mortgage rate market and the affordability is going to inform how many people are able to bid, how many people are going to afford to be in the game to be competitive. Suffice it to say, we've got a lot that still needs to be worked out with inflation. It's very likely that we're not seeing a rate cut in March. We're going to have this rate environment as kind of the status quo with some pops up and some dips, all depending on the data. The Fed themselves said they're data dependent. If you keep your eye on the data and we keep our eye on the data together, you're going to be making informed decisions, not unlike what the Fed has to do when they're creating their policy. That's it for today. I hope you found this helpful and useful. I encourage you to like, subscribe, comment, reach out to me if there's anything that you'd like to hear about in particular. And please do share the show with anybody that you think would benefit. I appreciate you listening and hope you have a wonderful weekend. Take good care.